0: Welcome, brave souls, to Stories to the where nightmares are unleashed and horror takes center stage. Together, we'll embark on a chilling journey to the darkest realms of cinema, dissecting bone-chilling tales that will haunt your dreams. So buckle up, dear listener, as we embark on a cinematic odyssey filled with screams, suspense, and the kind of horror that lingers long after the credits roll. Welcome to a world where fear has a name. And nightmares come to life. This is Stories to Dismember, the podcast that will leave you breathless and begging for mercy. Welcome back to Stories to Dismember. Glad you could join us this week. And we are continuing our monthly theme of horror movies about towns. Well, actually, we're starting in this week, aren't we? Yeah. And this episode, we're going to cover the 2006 movie Silent Hill. And this was from our very own Ariel. And I forgot to introduce you guys.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm Ariel, the forgotten one. <laughs>
0: okay. And Azrael.
1: And I'm Azrael, the other forgotten <laughs> Okay.
0: Yeah, it's one of those days. Okay. <laughs> and I'm Aaron. I forgot to introduce myself to you. Aaron, Az- Ariel, and Azrael, A. We're doing Silent Hill 2006. And this week, our guide is going to be Ariel.
1: Yes, that's me. <laughs> um, I I want to ask you guys: Have you played the video game?
0: No,
2: I did a little bit when it came
1: out. Okay. Did you play the first one?
2: Only the first one.
1: Mm. And you don't remember the the storyline?
2: I just remember the beginning part, like going car, into like the going town, into the town, and then I think that was, mm-hmm. I think my sister used to get scared from what I remember. Oh yeah. And then she <laughs> want to turn it off. So.
1: Yeah. No, that we didn't that get tracks. too far into the game. True. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't remembered the storyline because it's been a long time. I never played the game. I was way too young when it came out. But I used to watch my brother play it when I was a little bit older and could sit down and not get scared. <laughs> but uh yeah, I the movie is not really anything to do with the plot line of the video game. There are some like common threads there, but I think if you're going into watching this film thinking it's gonna be like the video game, you're gonna be disappointed. But I do think The movie captures the aesthetic of the video game. And also there's some like cool features in the movie that isn't how movies are normally made, but it's trying to emulate that uh, gameplay experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did you have anything else to say uh, about the movie, Aaron, or do you want me to go right into it?
0: No, you can jump right in.
1: Okay. I'm going to kind of go over the characters and the actors that play those characters. There's not a whole lot in this film, uh, which is great. It's not oversaturated with a lot of characters or plot. So the uh, dad, his name is Christopher, and that is played by Sean Bean. We have the mom who is Rose, and she's played by Rada Mitchell. Hope I say that right. I've never seen that name in my life. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, Sharon, who's the little girl, and she is played by Jodell Ferland. And last but not least is, well, there's another detective, but not really super important to the plot line. But the uh, motorcycle cop's name is Sybil, and she's played by Lori Holden. And Lori Holden was in The Walking Dead, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I just thought of that just now. <laughs> it's like that name looks <laughs> very familiar, and so does her face. She was in The Walking Dead. Still, still looks the same, to be honest. Yeah. She doesn't much, age. Yeah. 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 Her hair just got longer. <laughs> <laughs> so... Again, the, the plot of this movie is going to be taking from, I think, the the first game and I think the third game and maybe a little bit from the fourth. But um, it, the movie kind of tries to wrap up the whole franchise and and it takes some parts and leaves a lot out. So it starts out with this mom and this dad and they're in their home and they kind of bolt out the door and they start screaming for their daughter's name, Sharon. You won't ever forget that their daughter's name is Sharon because they scream it the whole freaking movie. So <laughs> they're yelling into the woods. They're going out. Uh, it looks like they're in the Pacific Northwest, I think. I can't remember where they are. West Virginia. Or maybe Virginia. it's up north. West, West, no, West Virginia. No, isn't that where Silent Hill is, though? I thought they were... I thought he said she had Ohio plates. So maybe they're in Ohio. Like when they were looking for the Jeep, he said it has Ohio plates.
2: Yeah, which Ohio is not too far away from West yeah. Virginia. Few
1: hours. Right, right. Yeah, I was just trying to get an idea of like, it looks very Pacific Northwest to me, but I don't know that that might be what Ohio looks like. Um, But it's very woodsy, lots of like streams and creeks and apparently a huge ass waterfall, just not too far. So she's, she's going out into the woods. So is the dad, they're looking for the daughter, Sean Bean, being Sean Bean, runs out into oncoming traffic and almost gets killed. And <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he did, to be honest, <laughs> but somehow he miraculously makes it to the second act. <laughs> but um, yeah. So the mom kind of has a intuition to go to this large waterfall and uh, she's like looking for her daughter again, screaming her name like a thousand times and she sees her daughter just over yonder uh, standing at the edge of this waterfall, a very, very deep drop. There's a cross in the distance, which, trying to figure out what that means <laughs> I don't think it means anything I don't maybe yeah. it was in the game
0: it was a cool scene though it like it's like it's very cool cross, yeah. Backlit. yeah
1: yeah it's it's kind of like those marquee uh, light bulbs and uh, yeah. it's just an outline of a cross and it's, it's on the other side of this canyon so to speak and it's kind of in the distance and she's kind of in a trance she's a little wobbly um, and the mom just makes it just in time and grabs her right as she's about to fall over the edge and the little girl just keeps screaming Silent Hill, and the dad shows up and he he catches up to them. You know, apparently this isn't the first time that this kid has done this because the mom looks at this dad and she goes, "She's doing it again." <laughs> so that's pretty scary. But I guess it was kind of good that they knew exactly where to look in this case. So we fast forward uh, several years later, I think, because she's pretty young in this scene. And then we kind of fast forward, and Sean Bean in the first scene had really long kind of hippie-ish hair and then in the next scene he has very short hair and he's kind of businessman-like you know Uh, they kind of like all grew up a little bit Uh, so the mom is telling uh, Sharon they're sitting like in a very picturesque field of wild flowers under a you know big oak tree or something and uh, she's telling Sharon that they're gonna go on a trip on a special trip and they're gonna go to Silent Hill because the mom thinks that the little girl who keeps having these trance-like sleepwalking episodes and she's starting to draw pictures that are a little bit more dark. It it has to do with this place. And we find out later, not too much later, but we find out that uh, Sharon is adopted. And so that's kind of why the mom wants to take her back to Silent Hill uh, because I think that's where she came from or has some tie to it. And she kind of has like a mystery history kind of situation. And so they kind of want to get to the bottom of it because the mom feels like whatever trauma that Sharon is going through, it's going to get resolved if they kind of get to the bottom of it. Sharon doesn't really know what Silent Hill is because when the mom asks her, she doesn't remember anything or she doesn't remember screaming out that the name of the town. And we find out that dad isn't going with them because he doesn't know that they're going, <laughs> but <Yeah>. um, <laughs> it's I strange. think it's pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah well, he, I think he says later, like he's kind of more on the side of mental professional help. And he thinks that she should be heavily evaluated. I mean, I'm sure she has been already, but he wants her to go to like a program or something. And the mom's like, no, no, we could do this ourselves. (laughs) So one of the scenes I found really funny is that he just kind of like moves her mouse on her computer a little bit because he notices that her laptop is open or I think it's like a desktop that's open and she has like... (laughs) Her browser history tab is open. I don't know if it's like an AOL search or something, <laughs> but it just says Silent Hill. It's not password protected or anything. Like he just moves the mouse, and that it shows like the Google search or AOL <laughs> search of Silent Hill. So he's like, "Well, <laughs> they're definitely going there." It's in—is it in West Virginia or Virginia? Do you guys remember? West Virginia. West Virginia. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought because you had mentioned West, Virginia, West Virginia, Virginia earlier. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> so. Just a reminder to password protect your laptop, but it works out in this case because now he can go after them and and save them, you know, as John Bean, uh, Sean Bean does. So they're on their road trip. She stops at a gas station. Uh, she's filling up and this motorcycle cop kind of pulls up at the gas station for no particular reason, really. It's just kind of random chance that the cop shows up. Cops wearing a really tight, motorcycle suit um
0: <laughs> leather yeah like
1: term terminator style
2: that's what i thought right t-1000
1: <laughs> yes yeah i don't know if that is like super comfortable to wear you know with it being that tight i would also not so, a right. lot of protection
0: yeah i wouldn't know
1: <laughs> right spit skin person. yeah yeah so we, we the cop doesn't like take off their glasses or helmet yet so the mom Rose goes into the gas station, and she's going to ask people about, you know, Silent Hill or where it is, because I think she's having a hard time finding it on the map. She said, like, it's not showing up on the map. And the clerk at the gas station kind of tells her, like, it's kind of condemned. It's it's a dilapidated town now. They shut down the road. There's no access to Silent Hill. That's why it's not on the map anymore. And so I guess she was she was also told that there was a Coal fire that happened in the town, which is why it was shut down and that's kind of all we know. It's just kind of like a ghost town at this point, but because of the gases from the coal quarry or the coal mine it that's why it's been shut down and people can't enter for their own safety uh, while the mom's talking to the attendant, the cop, we see her finally you know take off her glasses and we realize it's a woman cop wearing a very tight suit if if you couldn't tell from just the suit but she goes up to the car, you know she asks uh, Sharon you know, what's going on? Are you okay? Sharon says, nah, I can't talk to strangers. And she goes, good girl. <laughs> so <laughs> I already like this cop. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of, just kind of sketchy kind of like in a, you know uh, um, what were we just doing? Psycho, Psycho <laughs> where yeah. that cop was just following, you know, Yeah. let me see here. So the mom decides to check out silent Hill anyways, and she's kind of going in that direction. She's starting to see signs pointing to where silent Hill is. And then uh, the cop shows up and pulls her over, probably because the cop is thinking that maybe this mom is kidnapping her daughter, which is 100% true, I guess, to some extent, that she's taking the daughter without the dad's permission, just based on the vibes of what's going on. I guess she's a really good cop. So she pulls her over. uh, She's kind of questioning her a little bit. And the mom just takes off, like just floors it. Another... uh,
0: scene reminiscent of psycho (laughs) yep
1: yeah pedal to the metal yeah uh yeah (laughs) yeah so kind of like in psycho she just takes off obviously the cop's gonna follow her though and catches up to her on the motorcycle unlike psycho (laughs) (laughs) as they're going farther down the road to silent hill the radio starts getting really weird and kind of gets feedback it's pretty loud too the mom can't even turn down the radio uh, which is very strange I don't know how radios work, but I figured the volume button would still work if there's feedback. I don't know. Should. But yeah. uh yeah. So the mom, I get is she in like a Jeep Liberty? I think she's in a Jeep Liberty. Yeah, yeah that's what it looked Liberty. like. Yeah. A lot of references yeah. to Jeep Liberty. Shout it's out. Sponsored by Jeep. <laughs> Go places. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's the logo or the motto. Uh so she's she's hauling ass down this road. she busts through the gates, which aren't very good gates. They're just kind of like um you know, chain link gates with like a little chain around them. Um, So she busts through those, scaring the shit out of her daughter in the meantime. And uh, she is driving and then she sees a little girl about the age of her daughter, like just walking barefoot in the street. And so she, you know, swerves out of the way not to hit this girl and she loses control of the Jeep. And I think she like cr- crashes into a car ditch. I don't remember.
2: I think she just wakes up and, the car stopped on the side of the road. Yeah. Pretty like a mountainside.
1: Yeah. Oh, gotcha. So then she just, they must've hit their head on the car. Then they yeah. didn't hit like an object or anything. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. The yeah. car is in the middle <laughs> of the road. They don't hit anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to remember that, but I guess, you know, from stopping the car, they, they definitely got knocked out and the same with the motorcycle cop too. It looks like she went down in the scene. And so it's not looking good for anyone right now next scene is mom wakes up in the car and it's it's kind of eerie like it just seems like very foggy outside and she's it's very bright too because of how like overexposed everything is she gets out of the car and she notices uh sharon is not in the car so she's freaked out and she's walking around and it's it's like snowing you know and she's like kind of putting out her hand And she realizes like the snow is not really snow. It's like an ash, you know, like where when you rub it between your fingers, it kind of goes dark. And so I guess at this point, it's kind of assumed it's probably coming from like the coal mine and something is like continuously burning. So right off the bat, like this is super creepy and eerie. I love it. The whole aesthetic of I think in the video game, it was actually snow, but they decided to add this element of the coal mine, which I thought was pretty cool. If you live in California, you know what this is like. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. Fires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happened to my car a couple of years ago uh, where I went outside and it was covered in ash and it looked like snow. Pretty eerie. So she starts walking into town uh, because she she thinks she sees Sharon like kind of walking through the town. And she sees her in the distance. And so she's kind of like following like, – what she thinks is Sharon is she's kind of meandering through the town. And it looks like this town kind of stopped in the late 60s based on the baby carriage that's left in the street. Like that's very old school. So it seems like this town was abandoned quite a while ago. But I also thought it was kind of weird because then they had modern USPS looking postbox. So I, I don't know. It, it was kind of a, a mix match of you couldn't really tell what time period this town was left in. Uh, she's walking through the town, and then she starts hearing a, t- a tornado siren. That—that that was the best I could describe it as—is one of those tornado sirens going off, and it's very eerie, with like everything kind of being fog-like. The ash, you know, falling down, and the tornado siren—it's just yeah. a very eerie setting.
0: I guess it, it, if you never heard a tornado siren, it's like almost like a air raid siren. If you've seen it, over yeah, there? yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like a very like one of those old school crank sirens, you yeah. know, where you kinda have to get it going and then it just goes. That whiny sound? You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a cat howling. Like the uh, night
2: before Christmas.
1: <laughs> exactly. There the, you the, go. The cat tail. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so she's kind of going through the town and then she sees Sharon go, go down these very dark set of stairs. And I'm like, ah, shit, this is the part where I'm like, sorry, daughter, uh, can't go any further. Good luck. But she descends down and it gets darker and darker. She has a little like a lighter with her, which I thought was kind of strange. I don't know who carries a Zippo lighter if they're not a smoker. Um, but you know, to each their own, just a very odd kind of lighter to have. But, um. So it's kind of wet, and it looks like it's an underground kind of hmm, what to call it, like an aqua system. It's there's a lot of plumbing down there. I don't really know what it is per se for the town. It's just an underground, I guess. So she's down there and um, very spooky, and she comes across like this little area with some chain link fences, and she comes up to this dude. And he looks like he's wearing, like, coal miner uh, attire. And he's kind of strung up on the chain link fence. And he's completely disemboweled, which is creepy. And then she realizes that he's still kind of alive. Like, his eyes open, which is very, very unsettling. (laughs) Very gory, too. Right when she realizes that uh, he's pseudo-alive, she starts hearing these babies crying, which uh, she turns around. There's this little naked... Like four foot tall baby thing with glowing eyes and skin that looks like glowing embers. It is terrifying.
0: It's like a glowing coal baby. I don't know. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's very (laughs) freaky looking. So I will say the CGI in this movie is not the best, but the concepts of the characters, you know, whether they took them from the movies or, or took them from the video game or not, like they're pretty cool. Yeah. They're very interesting and they do play a part in the, in the plot. So they're not just there because they're there. Um, they do kind of explain the plot a little bit.
0: And I think um, mainly the scenes where you see creatures like that, the scenes are dark. So it kind of helps in the, the yes. CGI. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is a very dark movie in a lot of ways uh, because of that purpose. Um, I do feel like in this scene, they they probably had to do the CGI for some parts and not for others. I do think that there was a healthy balance of CGI and practical effects and just costume design. Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of led to its advantage in, in that way. But like you said, the the creatures start to happen after the siren goes and then everything just kind of gets dark. And I think that's what they call the darkness is coming or something. Yeah. And so when, when the siren or when this whole like episode ends, it gets like lighter again, you know. So it kind of works to its advantage <laughs> that they chose that. There's like 50 or 100 babies coming after her now. And they're all crying and they're all kind of pseudo on fire, glowing eyes, very creepy. She passes out. She She somehow gets to like another room and then they and then she passes out. But they start to... I guess she just wakes up, you know, they disappeared at some point. They didn't harm her, which is good, but they just kind of vanished. And then she passes out and then she wakes up. It's light again, you know, it's daytime. So she goes exploring more throughout the city and uh, she reaches a point where the town just kind of drops off into an abyss, a very deep abyss. Uh, so there's only one way in and out, I guess. Or is that the way she came in? I can't remember. That was the way she came in, right? It was just gone? Yeah, it just looks different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. Which,
2: if you've never been to West Virginia, it's kind of like that in some of the those areas. Like, <laughs> like I've been be to Moundsville where, where the prison's at, and it's like one road in, like a bridge, in and out. Hmm. Okay. And the town kind of yeah, looks it's... like that, run
1: down, old. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, but like she goes to the edge and there's just like no road anymore. So I think that there used that's how she came in was on that road or something like that. So she's she's there. Uh she ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so she um there's like this old witchy woman that's just kind of like in the background and just mumbling some stuff. And she starts asking the old woman, like, have you seen my daughter? You know, I'm trying to look for my daughter Sharon, if you haven't heard her name yet. And uh the old lady's talking about how only the dark one opens and closes the door to silent hill so she's kind of talking cryptically uh she's saying we all lost our children we lost the light and then she's talking about some entity deceived her and then she says that she also lost a daughter too named alessa and uh alessa had you know terrible things done to her and that she's lost or she died or something so Obviously, they're having like a heart-to-heart moment as mothers who lost children. And she shows the the old witchy woman, uh, whose name is Dahlia, by the way. She shows Dahlia the locket that she has on her neck of Sharon. And when she shows Dahlia the locket, she the, she's like, that's my child. You stole my child. And then she says, you know, more cryptic stuff like, into the fire. Uh, she swallows their their hate. And she thinks that... That Sharon and Alessa, you know, look very identical. So at this point of the movie, I was like, oh, shit, are they like all dead? And this is some sort of like limbo. That's kind of the vibe I was thinking at this point is that maybe they died in the car crash and like they can't leave Silent Hill. So that was kind of where I was at this point in the movie. That's what I was thinking, because, again, I had not seen this movie since 2006. So (laughs) it's been a while. (laughs) I thought the same thing. I forgot.
2: It's uh, almost like purgatory. That's what I thought.
1: It yeah. Like. Yeah. And it's, yeah, especially the fact that I was like, oh, well, maybe Dahlia is Rose that got stuck there, you know, and she just keeps coming back. Right. I thought that maybe time wasn't linear and that she's talking to her future self and Alessa is Sharon, but there's, you know, the same people, but somehow not. I was wrong. <laughs> that is not how the story goes, but. <laughs> I think in one of the games, that's kind of how the story goes, where like the main character is actually dead and stuck in Silent Hill. But anyways, so the, we're going back to Chris, the dad. He's now going after Rose and Sharon to, to go find them. And so he kind of knows ideally what path they took to get there. So he's talking to all the locals that probably she talked to. He talks to this uh, mechanic guy. And he's asking about Silent Hill. He hears that Silent Hill was shut down again because of the coal mine that's still burning; it's creating noxious fumes. So we get a, like a little snippet of that, and this is like Chris's journey, you know, to make to Silent Hill. So then we switch back to Silent Hill. Uh, the cop, whose name is Sybil, which I think is a very cool name, the cop arrests Rose. She catches up to her, and she's like, "You're under arrest," you know, because the ch- she can't find Sharon anymore. So she's thinking that Rose did something to Sharon. She puts her in handcuffs. And I thought this was kind of funny because it was very like the way she like slams her up against the car and she's wearing like this really skin tight leather suit. And I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those movies. (laughs) But she puts handcuffs on her and she's trying to call for backup, but her radio, you know, obviously doesn't work. So they kind of have to walk into the town again. The cop also says that, you know, she crashed her bike, so they're going to go you know walk into silent hill and see if they can figure something out so chris does find the gate that rose had driven through and it looks like there's already cops there that kind of blocked it off and they're investigating it he talks to a detective and the detective was saying that they found like a jeep uh, jeep liberty uh, but there was nobody in it it didn't look like a super bad accident but it looked like maybe the car had spun out that's where chris is in terms of you know Figuring out that they're not dead, but the detectives don't really know where they are. So back in Silent Hill, Sybil and and Rose are walking down the street. And then this really creepy thing, I guess the siren had had blared at this point, but this really creepy thing with no arms. And it, it's pretty tall, too. I think it's like maybe seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. It's its head is just a straight up like mouth of teeth. <laughs> It looks like a like some cryptid from creepypasta or something. (laughs) So it's walking up to them kind of like pigeon toed and Sybil uh, tries to shoot it and it spits like acid bile at Sybil. But thankfully, she has her helmet on. So it spits the bile. She takes off the helmet and it's like all sizzling and everything. Thankfully, she's fine. She shoots it uh, and kills it. But in the meantime, like Rose, like sees the opportunity and just gets the hell out of there. And she sees like a, I think it's like a school or something, or I can't remember. She sees a symbol that her daughter was writing like in her pictures. And so she sees that she goes into it. I don't know if it's like an orphanage or a school. There's like documents and records. And so she's inside there. And this, this movie does a lot of back and forth, to be honest. So we go back to Chris um, and the detective and they're driving around and they're in Silent Hill, which is strange because they're driving through the same town, but it doesn't look the way that it looks for Rose and Sybil. It's not super creepy looking. It probably looks how like Azrael was describing, you know, West Virginia. It's just kind of normal, like a normal ghost town. Right. Mm-hmm. So the detective tells Chris that the coal fire actually happened in 1974. And that's when, you know, the town shut down. The detective also says that his dad died then, which I guess I have questions about that. I don't know if that comes back up in the storyline. Does it? Do you guys know? I
2: think it has something to do with the storyline. They bring it up, about his. he's kind of like the watcher of the town, I guess, somewhat protecting it, maybe. The detective. Okay.
1: I wasn't sure if the dad shows up later on in the film. I don't think he Because he does, made a point to mention it.
2: He does. Yeah, okay. It may lead you to believe that, I guess.
1: Yeah, maybe his dad was there, but we just didn't, like pick up on that maybe it was one of those things that you catch on a second watch yeah, cause his, dad, his, his dad
2: ran the um the barber shop the yeah dead.
1: but he said his dad he said his dad died in the fire and he was saying something like my dad wasn't a great man you know he's he mentioned something about his dad Did he say his dad was a good guy or a bad guy? I can't remember.
2: I think he said his dad stood back maybe to try to evacuate, help evacuate the town.
1: Oh, so his dad was a good guy. But he made a comment like there were good folks here, you know, that died, but not everybody was good, you know, which I thought was like very strange that he would say that. Right. So it seemed like the detective kind of knew something. And Chris picked up on this. I think he picked up on that quote. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I mean, every town has their goods and bads, but... uh, it seemed like he was referencing to something more. So back in Silent Hill, um, Sharon, I'm sorry, not Sharon, Rose, she's like going through the school and she notices that there are these like handprints that look pretty fresh. Like the, Everything is covered in that like ashy dust, but these handprints look like they were just there. And it looks like someone had been like putting both their hands on it and like kind of putting pressure on it, like leaning forward. And these are all like children's desks, like elementary school. And she opens the top of the desk to see the contents underneath. And it says Alessa Gillespie. Mm -hmm. And so she recognizes that was, you know, Dahlia's daughter. And something must have happened. You know, there's some scribble like uh, etching in the desk that says witch. And so she kind of gets like a, well, I guess us as viewer gets a flashback of Alessa being teased at school, calling them calling her a witch and just condemning her in the school. So um Rose ends up going into the uh bathrooms with the stalls and you can kind of hear this like eerie moaning sound and it took me to Harry Potter's <laughs> moaning myrtle <laughs> in the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> She's like opening the bathroom stalls to kind of see where the sound is coming from. She opens kind of like the second to last one, and it's a dude uh you can see his name tag it looks like he's a janitor his name is colin and he's like fucking hogtied with barbed wire it looks brutal Mm -hmm. and he's he's obviously dead like he's been dead for a long time but not like to a skeleton point not since 1974 in this town at least (laughs) it's just kind of one of the one of the uh gory scenes after the the disemboweled one it just looks very um It looks very (laughs) Hellraiser-ish in my opinion. Yeah, it is. This movie reminds me a lot of Hellraiser.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Or I kind of thought Saw when I seen that body in the stall.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um, that one for sure Saw, but like the the scenes to come are very Mm. much Hellraiser-esque, you know? And so um, apparently (laughs) Colin has a key, a set of keys in his mouth and somebody graffitied uh, I dare you, I double dare you, and like pointing arrows to Colin. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she has to like slowly get the keys out, which you're just waiting for this guy to move or wake up. And he doesn't. He's way past dead. And um, she's like going through the, the school and she's, you know, using the keys to kind of traverse throughout the the school. And these coal miners or what look like coal miners are like kind of running after her she she's able to get it to the other side of the door and lock it and they're like trying to kick open the door and they have like a little canary with them you know like a canary in the coal mine and the canary starts freaking out and uh that means that you know the darkness is coming because you can hear the siren right after that so they get the hell out of there but i guess the darkness comes pretty quickly it's kind of i don't know where exactly it's coming from but it, it catches up to them pretty quickly and the walls start getting like super trippy, like acid trippy and gooey and the walls are melting. And then these bugs like from uh, the mummy, oh yeah, <laughs> those Things little scarab beetles, those start coming out of the walls and then they start like eating the coal miners alive and it's just very trippy. But for some reason, Rose is fine, you know, for most for the most part. And I just thought the scene was really cool how the walls start getting melty. And it's almost like, um, I don't know, it's just like they start like melting away. It's very interesting. Very cool effect. Uh, Hogtied Colin comes out and he's all (laughs) licky licky and he looks like he wants to lick some stamps. Yeah, that must have been a wild scene to to film. (laughs) To have you all hogtied and you're just like, you're like walking on your hands and you're just like licking around everything. (laughs) (laughs) But um in this scene you notice that everything he touches turns to like this red kind of veiny growth that's like alive and it grows very quickly and rapidly. So yeah, the bugs the bugs are obviously attacking the miners. They're not gonna make it out. <laughs> they they look like they're they're gone. They're goners. So Rose and Sybil, you know, had Rose had uh ran away from Sybil. She still has the handcuffs on, which is amazing that she was able to make it this far with those handcuffs on. I was really hoping like one of those keys would have a handcuff key on it, but (laughs) I guess I was being too hopeful. Um, She meets up with Sybil again, and they join forces to fight off the bugs. Rose gets her handcuffs off. This random, I think his name is Pyramid Head? Pyramid Head shows up, which is pretty iconic. I would say that's probably the most iconic monster from this franchise besides the nurses. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Giant triangle dude. That would be terrible to cosplay as. You'd have so much neck pain at the end of the day. (laughs) The weight. I'm just thinking about that. The weight alone. (laughs) I know. And then that big ass sword. I mean, even with foam, it would be kind of hard. It would be a trick, you know? Uh, Because then it would be awkward to walk everywhere. But I'm sure somebody's done it and probably did it with cardboard and it probably looked really cool. But he's like this really buff dude with like a butcher's apron skirt (laughs) leather skirt on and uh he's got this huge it's not a sword it's like an axe right
2: that's like a long blade like yeah oh it is seven feet eight feet long yeah
1: okay yeah i wasn't sure it's huge but i just wasn't sure what the the style of the blade was but he's like hacking away at the door or the wall to get to rose and sybil and you know he he's he's doing a pretty he's making some progress but you know time ran out the sands of time ran out and so he just like melts away. So I, th- I think it's kind of cool that there is this like start and end point, which is very much like the video game where you kind of have to survive that time frame and then you're good and then you can kind of keep exploring. So I-, I did like that aspect that they incorporated into the movie. They're going through. They notice that they hear shouting and two people arguing and they come across uh, Dahlia again, the witchy woman. And there's this new chick there. She's like a redhead. And she's she's fairly young. She's like in her 30s. And her name is Anna. And Anna says that there are others, surprisingly, that live uh, in Silent Hill and they find refuge in the church. And so, you know, earlier, I think Rose had spotted a map and it kind of showed a very like rudimentary map of like where the hospital was, where the church was, that kind of thing. So you kind of know that there's some basic like points that we're going to go through the storyline. Based on what was on the map being so simple, but uh, the church has that that symbol that she sees her daughter drawing too. So that symbol is kind of all over Silent Hill. It's it's a religious symbol, but it's it's not anything really in particular. It's just kind of like some circles and crosses. Back in the real world, <laughs> Chris is uh you know gonna break into the police station and he's gonna go into the evidence room, which for some reason is very strange to me because. Maybe they pulled out the evidence from 1974 to, like, look at recently. Because it's very conveniently accessible in the evidence room. And so maybe they pulled it out when, like, this new missing person case came up. Because if if I was going into a police station and there was a case from 1974, I would imagine it's tucked far, far away and archived. But they were, like, kind of, all the boxes were just kind of, like, there, you know? Yeah,
0: Yeah. here you go. Right here.
1: (laughs) So... He opens up one of the boxes. He finds like a bunch of documents. And uh, I think they're, are they or- orphanage documents? can't remember. Yeah, I think they're orphanage documents or something like that. It looks to be like the orphanage that, that they got Sharon from. And I think the picture, there's a picture on there, but it, it says Alessa. So it's kind of perking his ears and he decides to call the orphanage. Or not, he doesn't call the orphanage. I think he calls something and he gets like the the address to the orphanage. So that's where he's going next. So he knows there's something up and uh, he's going to, you know, get to the bottom of it. So back in Silent Hill, Anna starts telling like the background of the faith, you know, the church and everything. And she starts telling Rose that the the elders of the town, that they were like witch hunters and they would burn the witches to try to stop the apocalypse and there was no kind of protocol of who was a witch and who wasn't a witch. But based on the fact that we know that Alessa was being called a witch and she just said that they used to burn witches is not looking good in terms of what was done to Alessa. So they're going through um, this building and Rose notices there's like this portrait of a witch being burned. It's like an old like Renaissance portrait. And she I think it's like a like a hotel or something. There's like a bunch of rooms. It's kind of weird. So she she cuts through the painting, and there's like a door on the other side, right? So they go through the door. There's a room in there, but there's really nothing in the room. But like half the wall is kind of blown out, so it leads into another room. Like it's very, how do I describe it? It's very uh video game esque the way they move yeah. through the the whole uh, town. You know what I mean? Yeah so yeah yeah i think they're it looks to me like they're in a clothing factory they don't really explain what it is but there's like mannequins in there and there just seems to be a lot of uh machinery and so i'm thinking it's probably a clothing factory they don't really ever explain it but there is a huge hole in the middle right and if you look down it's kind of a scene that we got from when sharon was at the edge of the cliff and we kind of got like this view of like way down into like a. A fiery kind of abyss, you know, and that's pretty much at the center of it. And there is a little girl crying in the corner. So Rose thinks it's actually like uh, Sharon, perhaps. So she makes her way over there, which she has great balance, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> she hops onto that beam. It's like holy crap, she's got ridiculous balance, and she makes it over there. And the little girl's crying, and she turns around, and it's it's Alessa, who looks identical to Sharon. But th- she looks kind of like the girl from The Grudge, you know, Samara, or maybe even Juwan. She's kind of like, like very pale. Um, her hair is really kind of matted and ratty. So the girl is like talking to her and she's like, look, and she like holds her hands out for like what looks like a hug. And then her arms like catch on fire, which is kind of a cheesy CGI scene. But she's <laughs> like, look, I'm on fire. <laughs> And then the girl like disappears or something. So (laughs) she just like burns up into flames. And so Rose is obviously distraught. And then she like um, Indiana Jones it back, back around on a rope. But Anna, Anna is telling them they they start to see all these birds fly away. And Anna's like, oh, shit, you know, birds don't like the darkness. The darkness is coming. And then they, you know, hear the siren. So they need to get to the church because that's apparently where you're safe is if you're in the church. Somehow their faith protects them from the monsters. Like the monsters can't enter in the church, which I thought was interesting. So they get to the the steep, the steeple and I didn't realize it, but there's like hell of people running to the church. And I was like, where were these people the whole time? Why didn't we see anyone? There's like at least like 50 people, I think, or maybe 30.
2: Yeah. Easily. There's a lot of people running back.
1: Yeah. They're all old too. Like none of them are young. And you can kind of tell, like, these are probably the the there's like some culty shit going on, and these are probably the cult members, you know, that are stuck in this town. So they're kind of stalling a little bit because Dahlia's on the steps and they're like trying to talk to her and she's like, Don't go in there, they're gonna uh deceive you, and you know, they deceived me and they're gonna suck you into their evil and blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, Anna picks up like some rock or something, and she's like kind of letting her disdain for dahlia to get the better of her and uh she doesn't make it to the church in time because pyramid head shows up and he grabs anna by the neck and then rose and sybil like run you know to the door they're like bye (laughs) sucks to be you dahlia is spared like the darkness doesn't bother her at all so she she's not afraid of it or anything it just kind of moves around her so as they're going into the church the pyramid head guy completely strips off uh anna's skin suit and throws it on the ground which is super gross <laughs> cool scene but that is unsettling to say the least <laughs> yeah. so uh everyone in the church is not too happy to have seen that <laughs> so obviously the mother of anna is distraught and everyone starts accusing rose and sybil of being witches of and then this uh this lady shows up and her name is uh christabella and she calms everyone down and she's like, look, look, look. Obviously, Anna did it to herself, right? These people aren't responsible for, you know, her not coming in to the doors. She knew what the, you know, situation was. And so they all start praying and chanting and all this stuff. It's very creepy, very culty. Um, and this woman kind of looks kind of like, like, um, I, I don't know if the, the right term is Mennonite. Um, she kind of looks like a Mennonite in a sense. She's wearing like a really long dress that's like very antique like night like 1880s <laughs> kind yeah. of dress with their yeah. hair up in like a bun it's kind of like a, one of those old school she just looks like she's living in the 1800s she does um yeah <laughs> and nobody else is right because this town was condemned in like 1974 so she- even in 1974 this would have been weird you know so we go back to chris he's talking to the nun at the orphanage he's asking her about alessa he tells her about sharon he shows her a picture. And she's very, like, standoffish. She's like, look, I can't tell you anything. This is an orphanage. We can't just, like, give out information just because you adopted this girl. And he gets a little aggressive with the nun. And Detective, is his name Detective Gucci? (laughs) He calls him Gucci. Yeah,
0: his name's Gucci. (laughs)
1: His name's Gucci. Gucci's cool. I thought he was a little sus at first, but he's actually pretty cool. So Detective Gucci shows up and he's like, look, we're all Gucci. <laughs> we're we're going to make sure this doesn't happen, sister. And I'm sorry. So uh, he tells Chris, well, he ends up arresting Chris, obviously, right? He says that uh, Alessa didn't survive the fire uh, back in 1974. And he says these fanatics killed her. And then he shows Chris his palms and his palms, like the whole palm part of it is just like healed burns but like really bad really really badly burned he doesn't say what happened he just said you know I was there right Uh, so back in Silent Hill four guys Christabella, Rose and Sybil they decide to go out searching for Sharon and pretty much Christabella and these guys are going to kind of like get them to where they want to go and kind of show them where they possibly might find Sharon but they're only going to take them so far right because it's a huge risk for them and they've already lost people doing this so they get to this map, and Christabella shows Rose, and she's like, hey, memorize the map. Uh, everything, all this shit went down in room B-151, I think it was. Uh, Bacardi 151, is that what that stands for? Mm-hmm.
2: The uh, <laughs> hotel room was
1: 111. Oh, was it 111? Yeah, that's where Sybil <laughs> um,
2: was- found the the little painting or the drawing. Oh, gotcha. Okay, original. so it's
1: yeah. it's not Bacardi 151, it's just <laughs> no, B-111. That cool, though. <laughs> maybe it was like subliminal (laughs) for me so uh Christabella tells her that's where the darkness is you know so Rose is like kind of in her head she's like right left right left left right and I was like oh that's so amazing like we used to have to learn how to do those combos (laughs) and you'd have to like memorize them in your head so I thought that was a pretty funny scene not that it was intentionally funny it was just kind of funny so they're about to, like, go into this uh this elevator, right? The elevator is going to take them down. And it's one of those rickety old elevators with, like, the gate. They're, like, holding... The the guys are holding open the door. And Christabella... I guess Rose had, like, lost her locket when she was in the church. And Christabella picked it up. And I think she knew this from the get-go. But she like, waited until this moment to accuse her and Sybil of being witches. And so she tells the guys to like grab him, but rose makes it into the elevator and sybil doesn't and they end up beating the shit out of sybil and taking her back to the church but rose you know takes the elevator all the way down the elevator is not really working it's just free falling at this point (laughs) uh so crazy ride she gets down uh to the very bottom and she's got to kind of like meander throughout this whole this whole map essentially and she gets to this part where It's another iconic, you know, character in the franchise. But she gets to this part where there are a bunch of nurses. They're kind of like candy striper style nurses. You know, if you if you know what that outfit kind of looks like from the 50s. They don't have faces, right? They don't have eyes. They're just kind of like ghoulish looking kind of uh, zombie-esque, but no face. They're just kind of like twitchy and kind of walking weird. And she realizes that they're attracted to light. Because when they're the darkness, they were they were just standing there. They weren't doing anything. But as soon as she turns on the flashlight, they kind of turn around and look at her and start walking towards her. So she figures out that if she can turn off the flashlight and like move through them slowly without touching them, and then she can use the light to distract him, then she makes it to be 111, right? The room that uh, the picture was in. Then Alessa is there again, the creepy version of Sharon. And she tells Rose, Congratulations, you made it to the final round. <laughs> <laughs> and congratulations, you beat the game. But it's not. <laughs> There's still a lot of movie left. And then Alessa tells her how she died. And it's very, very sad. I mean, we kinda all, all know how she died, but she essentially it's a lot worse than you than what you thought. So she they have like this iron symbol of the the faith, the church, or whatever. They tied her to it. And then they put it over hot coals and just fucking baked her alive, which is just horrendous. And she like, you know, obviously had the highest degree burns, 20 degree burns all over her body. And she was like a sacrifice for their faith to stop the apocalypse. Right. Yeah. And the really sad part was that Dahlia trusted these people and they were like, look, we're going to help Alessa. Like she's taken a dark turn. We're going to help cleanse her and make sure that she becomes innocent again, right? We're going to cleanse the sin, not the sinner, right? And then Dolly realizes like they're they're torturing her daughter to death. And she just has this immense amount of guilt from that. And that's why, you know, obviously she's a scorned woman. And um during this ritual, what happens is the 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 pot of coals that were burning Alessa somehow they get knocked over. And the whole place catches on fire, right? The drapes and everything. And so that's essentially how the fire in that town started. And obviously all the the cult leaders died in that fire, right? Because they were all in that room and they, you know, got burned alive or whatever. The detective Gucci, who was, you know, probably a cop back then. I forgot like what if he was a detective then or if he was a cop then, but he opened the doors to the the room that was on fire and that's how he got the burns was opening the doors the knobs and he swooped up alessa and he carried her out to safety and so she had all these like terrible burns on her but she was still alive you know technically and so she was in the hospital she was really badly burned she was on life support essentially but she was still like kind of conscious of what was going on this nurse was like kind of very pretty nurse in a candy striper outfit was like looking at her. Right. And just kind of uh, mesmerized by how badly burned this little girl was. And then later on, we see that this darkness entity kind of took over Alessa and and she was able to to curse people. So she cursed the nurse that looked at her and took out her eyes. Right. So we see the nurse and she's got holes for eyes and she's like screaming. And she just kind of like curses the whole town, essentially. She just c- gets consumed by this darkness that later calls itself the the Reaper, I think is what she says. I'm the Reaper. <laughs> and we find out that Sharon was the product of the innocence that was left in Alessa. And somehow they were able to split. So when the darkness came for Alessa, the light, essentially, that is Sharon, was taken and saved by being offered up to an orphanage and left on, a you know, their doorstep, I think. And so that innocence was saved and then she was brought up by Rose and Chris, which is also in the in the video game as well. Um, but this movie kind of explains it a little bit differently. So, um, you know, Rose is in the room with Alessa while she's, you know, finishing up her story, her origin story, and uh, she goes to give her a hug Alessa kind of melds into Rose. I don't know what to call that. She she passes into Rose. Yeah. <laughs> Rose is kind of like, oh shit, now I'm possessed with this little girl that calls herself the Reaper. Which is going to be good. So Rose is actually like a vessel at this point. So Rose goes back to the church. Back at the church, they're sacrificing Sybil, which this is kind of a hard scene to watch because Sybil's like tied up on a ladder. She's above you know, coals or whatever. It was like a fire. Oh, it was a pyre, right? Yeah. They, they like set a pyre, a lit and they're like, we're going to burn the witches. You know, it's very uh, reminiscent of like uh, Salem, right? Mm-hmm. You think and they would learn like lower, huh?
0: You would think they, they would learn not to burn something yeah. inside.
1: Yeah. You think they're like, Oh, you know, it's been a while. Maybe we should try again, you know? So they, they lower the ladder, you know, over the pyre and essentially sybil dies a very slow and painful death right she obviously her skin starts to burn away and then she just passes out from the carbon uh, monoxide and then just totally catches on fire pretty hard to watch too because i actually i think sybil was my favorite uh character in this whole thing christabella stabs rose in the chest like uh, near her clavicle and now she's bleeding but it's like black blood it's very dark looking blood and she like rose like kind of kind of goes over hunches over and she, she's really bleeding. Like there's a lot of blood coming out of her chest more than there should be. I'll just say that. And what we find out is when the blood like hits the floor and seeps into the floor, that is essentially like how Alessa is able to get into the church. Right. Because before she couldn't get in the church, but Rose was able to take her there. And when she got stabbed and, and bled out, that's when Alessa, you know, was able to wreak havoc in a very Hellraiser way. And uh, Rose is fine. Like it like heals itself and everything, but all these like barbed wires come out of nowhere. And it's kind of like a docked ox situation uh, where there's like a bunch of barbed wires that Alessa's controlling with her mind. I didn't really like this scene, to be honest, (laughs) Chris, uh, Christabella gets like hoisted up by the barbed wire by her hands and her feet. And then, um, very much like Evil Dead, the barbed wire just goes up her hoo-ha <laughs> yeah. and out her body. And she gets ripped apart, which is pretty gory, pretty gory. Everybody actually gets ripped apart. And so if you like gore, this is definitely the scene for you. But the right. CGI is kind of lacking. Uh, like you said, it, it because it was dark, it, it looks a lot better. But the CGI didn't really hold up over time, in my opinion. Uh, Dahlia is spared, you know, because there's like this whole overarching theme of you know, a mother is God in the eyes of a child, right? Right. And so Alessa knows that, you know, her mother tried to help and didn't do anything really wrong. She just got deceived and she trusted these people. So I assume Dahlia has to stick around and still be a mother to Alessa. You know, she, she's got to love this little dark uh, Reaper child. And so that's kind of why she was spared and she's got to stay in Silent Hill and and take care of her. Um, so, Rose and Sharon, you know, they make it back to the, the Jeep Cherokee or Jeep Liberty, I forgot what it was. Jeep Liberty. And uh we think that the car probably isn't gonna start, and then it, it starts on the third try. And what was that, you know, drop of an abyss in the town now becomes a road when they drive over it. So they're they're able now to leave Silent Hill because Alessa allowed them. She's the darkness that opens and closes the door. So she opened the door, they're able to leave. You know, Rose tries to call Chris on the phone, but it's really staticky. She's trying to leave a voice message saying they're coming home, that they're all right. But it's, you know, staticky on his end. And they're driving back. Everything is still kind of like foggy, kind of like how it was in Silent Hill. And as soon as they pull up into the driveway of of their home and I saw like the plants were dead and it was still foggy outside. I was like, oh, shit, this isn't this isn't a happy ending. (laughs) And they walk into the home. And it's just, you know, Rose and Sharon and it's their house, but, you know, Chris isn't there and she's calling out for Chris and he's in the same space too, but they're just kind of like parallel universes, right? They're like overlaid with each other. They're in a different dimension. And so Chris is laying on the couch. It's very sunny and and peaceful and they're in this, you know, kind of foggy ghost world. And he can kind of sense that they're there because like earlier in the film, there was like another scene where they're kind of in the same space and he could smell her perfume. But I can't imagine that her perfume would still smell after all the things that she went through. She probably smelled a lot different at this point. And he's probably like, "Ooh, what's that smell? You know, (laughs) and (laughs) so it's kind of sad, you know, that it's not the happy ending that you thought it was going to be. But at least they're together, mom and daughter. And Chris plays no real part in this whole film.
0: (laughs) No, he's left alone.
1: Which is kind of funny because in the video game, the main protagonist is the dad, right? And so I'm sure like when this movie was announced and people thought that Sean Bean was playing the dad, they're like, oh, this is going to be a great film as Sean Bean is the main character. And then they go to see the movie and they're like, wait, what? He's not the main character? (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, that's, that's Silent Hill, essentially.
0: There you go. I do have uh, something interesting that I found. It it talks about- share it. It talks about the different states of the movie. It says, um, a part of the Silent Hill universe is the reality and unreality of the city. Silent Hill exists simultaneously in four different variations. The city of the 1970s, Silent Hill in the present, Silent Hill in the fog, and Silent Hill in the darkness. One represents the Hmm. city of 30 years ago. Using flashbacks. The other is the current state of the city, which Christopher goes in search of his wife and daughter. And the two remaining dimensions include a foggy day in which Rose searches for her daughter, symbolizing purgatory, and a gloomy day consisting of darkness, which is the embodiment of hell.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you can kind of get that vibe from the film mm-hmm. too. It, I mean, knowing if you're you watch a lot of movies, you kind of get those same themes. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I was doing some uh, research on the video game and there's like different endings. You know, this was kind of the time when you can get different outcomes based on how you play the game, which is pretty cool. One thing I thought was a funny tidbit is that throughout all the four video game series, there's always an ending where you get abducted by aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Really?
2: That's interesting.
0: That is always a possibility. Yeah.
1: There is always the possibility. I wish they would have like hid that as an Easter egg somewhere, like maybe a poster, you know, where it was like an alien poster somewhere in the, in the town.
0: Right. Marquee of the movie or something. Yeah.
1: The truth is out there, you know. So, yeah. Uh, what'd you guys think?
0: Um, I'll go ahead and go first, if you don't mind. I don't. I really like the the way it was filmed, the use of the visuals in the, the different creatures, the CGI. I mean, not a hill up as well, but still overall, I like the concept. I like that it stayed true to the source material, maybe not so much the game, but at least the universe of Silent Hill. And, you know, it's it's one of those, again, it's more like a psychological horror movie with a lot of atmosphere. I would definitely give this movie seven throat slashing nuns out of (laughs) ten. Nice. Short and sweet.
2: Okay, I'll go next. Then, uh, you know, I, I saw the movie when it first came out in theaters, and um, I really didn't care for it then. I think after rewatching it, I I have a different opinion of it. It is one of the better film adaptations based on a video game, and I think the director really did try to pay a, a tribute to the fans of the game. He did try to incorporate the uh, like the soundtrack from the game into the movie. I think there were some remixes.
1: It was actually the same. The guy that did the music for the video game did the music for the movie.
2: Yeah. And I think the director, it took him a while to convince the creators of the game to give him like the rights to it. I mm-hmm. want to say, like, he did some scenes ahead of time and sent it to them. And then they finally gave him the approval. So I think that was cool. I mean, I guess if you're a fan of the game, you can kind of respect that. And Ariel kind of mentioned that you can, it feels like it's a video game in certain scenes. I felt like that. If I yeah. didn't know it was a game, originally like the, the plot you feel like it's a video game yeah um you know for its time i think it was probably creepy i think those are the best points of it but um yeah some of the story i, I think it doesn't i think there's some stuff that may be missing but in the end of the movie they kind of you know that brief synopsis to kind of try to tie everything together but like you said like the father's story it, it seemed like it was kind of what was his role in the movie in the end i think it was kind of a i don't know maybe a missed opportunity It's not a bad film. I think it's worth seeing, but not something that I would watch on a a regular basis. So uh, as far as scores, I would give it a 5.7 Scare Beetles. Because I thought the same thing. thing I thought The Mummy, as you said. Yeah. (laughs) I thought The Mummy.
1: Was that the thing that creeped you out the most or just the most kind of weird? Like, where where did this come from?
2: (laughs) I think the best creepy scene was when he, that uh, pyramid head ripped the... (laughs) The skin, like her skin suit, like yeah. for her I think that was that unsettling me. for sure, yeah,
1: okay, yeah, so when this movie came out, um, I did see it, and it got a lot of backlash uh because this was kind of the beginning of movies adapting video games. I think that i never I never hated the movie, right, I thought it was pretty good when it came out. I knew that it wasn't the same plot as the plot in the video games, the only The only thing that I have an issue with that I think is valid is that they changed the protagonist to a female when in the video game it was a male. And again, it was still adopted, you know, an adopted daughter. There was obviously some themes in this movie where they were trying to play the mother-daughter role, but I think it still would have worked if it was a father-daughter role, especially with the whole adoption thing. And I think it would have added some level of complexities between him and Dahlia, right? Dahlia being Alessa's biological mother and him being Sharon's uh, adopted father right there there would have been some differences there that they could have played on but I think that the the actress that they chose to play Rose did very well I think all these actors did very well for their characters and it it was very to me at least believable as a video game character right without being too hokey or too over-the-top stereotypical The cop obviously was a little bit of a play on stereotypes of how women are portrayed in video games as being like overly sexy and kind of unrealistic in a sense. But it it wasn't offensive. You know what I mean? It's not like it was like how some Resident Evil movies are. Um, But I still think that if you didn't know that this was a video game and you just watched the movie, I think it holds up as a pretty good film on its own. But when you do start comparing it, it's the same when you read a novel and then it gets adapted into a movie. Obviously, they have to change the plot and the story to make it original, but I, I don't know if they quite did a fantastic job with taking the game and, and adapting it into a movie. There are some scenes that I think are really cool, like Azrael, you pointed out, it's kind of like a first person perspective when she's like going through the hallways and it's a flashlight. I was like, holy crap, this looks like it's straight out of a video game. Like it it looks very realistic. So I'm wondering if those were the scenes that he sent to them.
0: (laughs) right? Right? Because they
1: kind of look different. You know what I mean? Like they're so different from the rest of the movie. Um, So maybe those are the scenes he filmed first. And I I don't know. I've seen other uh, movies that are adapted from video games. And I I think this one, by comparison, kind of holds up pretty good. Obviously, we have, you know, TV series like The Last of Us, which are doing a great, fantastic job, but still, I feel like even with The Last of Us, they didn't try to make it look like a video game. They were just kind of adapting the story into a you know um, a movie or a TV show. So there are obviously some things wrong with it. There's things that are great about it overall. I would give it a seven out of ten. Child sacrifices. So
0: yeah, awesome. All right. Well, that's Silent Hill from 2006. It's our ratings. I hope you uh, if you watched the movie, enjoy it. If not, then it's very gory. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you can let us know what you think. And if you want to let us know what you want you think, you can always email us at stories to this at gmail.com. Or you can join our Facebook group at stories to dismember or leave a comment on our TikTok, stories to dismember. We'd like to hear from you. Next week, we are doing my pick and we're continuing our horror movie town theme. And I'm going to do. Chernobyl Diaries. Nice. Yeah. I said it right. I've been practicing.
1: I think so. <laughs> yeah. It's not It's not Chernobyl.
0: Chern- Chern- <laughs> Chernobyl.
1: That's how people in Texas pronounce it. Chernobyl. <laughs> Chernobyl. Chernobyl.
0: There you go. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next time. If anybody got something good to say?
1: Yeah, I wanted to say uh, thank you for coming to Silent Hill and, uh, you know, touring our town. <laughs> the uh, The gift shops down the hall, uh, you just go past the uh, disemboweled miner and then you make a left and uh, you'll see all the tchotchkes down there. So thank you for, uh, for stopping by.
0: But you can't leave.
1: You can't leave. No, yeah. obviously not. It's
0: probably like every, every other stuff. stuff. You have to go to the gift shop to get in and get out. <laughs> so you can never leave.
1: All right. It's oh. like Hotel California. It's ah. Just Silent Hill. Check in. <laughs> can't check out but you can never leave
0: Alrighty, talk to you guys next week bye-bye Bye. see ya thank you for listening to the stories to this member podcast please be sure to tell your friends subscribe and leave a rating you can contact us at stories to dismember at gmail.com and we'd love to hear from you you can also follow us on tiktok at stories to this The music for Stories to this member is provided by Winfeather. Can't wait to hang out with you next time. Bye-bye.